Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code RESTful15. So head to bollnbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everybody, to Discussing Depression with Casey Moran. I am Casey Moran. I'm excited to do this episode because it is something I need to get off my chest. But before I do, let's talk about our sponsor, Dr. Conkey's Coffee and Candy, located in Simi Valley. Just the best when it comes to the people, the coffee, the candy, the environment, um, the prices. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite spots in Simi Valley overall, all spots, food, whatever. Definitely my favorite coffee place. And uh, you can get flavored coffee for $2.25, 24 ounce. Good stuff. And uh, it's just some of the best. And the people are amazing. Tell them Casey sent you. Please tell them that you heard it on this podcast and uh, they will be thrilled with it. Um, I'd say they'd give you a discount, but they would. it's it's ridiculous to give you a discount on what's already cheap in terms of, of a coffee that uh, is, is great. Give it a try. Let me know what you think. And thank you so, so much for supporting Discussing Depression. All right. We're going to get into it. Um, so I... Uh, I want to do this podcast because I went on other podcasts to talk about it, but this time it's for me to talk about. Uh, it is why I am leaving stand-up comedy. Um, this is going to be a short episode, but it's just going to be me talking about it. And um, you know, I got to tell you, uh, it has not been easy because I'm, I make it not a public spectacle, but I'm open about it, and I've opened about everything, and I'm ridiculous, and I post about it. And now every time I go to Mike's, people are like, when are you leaving? And it's like, ugh, I shouldn't have been talking about it so early because I'm not leaving till October or no, probably November is my last show. So um, I have decided this when I was going through that four-month break that I was going to come back, do stand-up for another six to eight months and just have fun with it and then focus more on motivational speeches. So am I leaving stand-up for good? Not technically because I'm still doing you know, some stand-up material that I do on stage and putting it into the speech, but I'm not going to be traditionally going near going to those traditional mics and, and doing it that way, grinding and trading spots or going on bringer shows or whatever. I didn't really go on bringer shows anyways, but, um, you know, doing all of that support. I will still support my friends. I will go to shows to support my friends. And I I hope that all my best friends in standup aren't going to look at me any differently because I'm not doing it. And we went on Jay Hollingsworth podcast, uh, Hollingsworthless. It's one of my favorites. Nizar Mizrahi, guest on the show, Jay and Kyle Clark, and we just talked about why I'm leaving, and they all said that I'm kind of I'm not gonna you know be done for good. They're that I'm gonna come back, and Kyle Clark had uh, said that I'm gonna come back and sell merch once I have like some type of shirt that has a catchphrase on it and make a lot of money doing it. I'm gonna do that. So maybe he's right. I don't know, but I I don't know. He, you know, I'll get into why I'm leaving, and I'll get into how I feel about it and what my standup feels like now and um, all of that. So 
let's start with why I got into comedy and then we'll work our way down to why I'm leaving. Uh, I got into stand-up in 2014 in October when I decided for good to give up sportscasting. Um, I, I always told myself that when sportscasting starts feeling a job because I have this pressure and all these things, I gotta be out because it felt so good the first few years and the pressure hit and uh, I mean I had depression before but it hit during sports casting and I had to take a leave of absence from this this internship um it was a prestigious one and the kind of word got out that I had depression so I don't know if I, I wasn't blacklisted but people always he's knew about I mean some people in LA and Orange County and even Ventura County knew about my talent uh, or at least me as a sportscaster, I don't know about talent, but I was always working hard and grinding since I was 18. But they also knew that I was, you know, open about my depression or when I'd left that, that podcast. I don't know if it got out. That's all speculation. But regardless, um, it was hard for me to, to kind of get, I, I, I kind of peaked early. Uh, I was getting all these big internships super early on. And then when it was time for me to get an agent and do all that stuff, uh, the word was out that I had mental illness and that's not a knock on any company or sports casting. I understand it. It's like, you're supposed to be the voice. You're supposed to be the, the liveliness of the broadcast. Um, if you're in a, you know, I'm not an actor. So if you're in a place where you, um, are feeling bad, people are going to know it by your, the inflection on your voice of your voice and, um, the energy and, you know, how you say things and, um, how, you know, you know, just, just everything, um, it'll come out. So that, uh, that is a thing. Um, so when that happened, I was like, okay, I got to do something where depression isn't going to be judged and that maybe it's a field or some hobby that other people have uh, mental illness and stand up was the one I picked. Uh, I, most comics, I mean, not all. But a good amount of comics have some something going on. It's not that they do it because they're broken, um, but people love comedy and the people people love making you laugh. Some people, it's all they have in their life. Some some people it saved their life. Some people, it's hurt them. Um, for me, it was helping because I already had ten years of experience talking in a microphone with sportscasting. Um, so the stage presence and and the fear of talking in front of people was not an issue. It was writing clever jokes and being able to deliver them. And that took maybe a year and a half to really felt comfortable on stage all around and felt like I had some type of voice. You know, and sometimes they say it takes 10 years to find your voice. I feel like I just started growing the voice. I don't, I mean, it's not, I don't know my voice yet, but I know that um, there is something there. So anyways, I, uh, was doing shows at Flappers. There was mainly just mics, and then I was doing other open mics in L.A., and um, I met a guy that told me, um, hey, where do you live? And I said, Simi Valley. He said, are there bars there? And I said, yeah. And they said, he said, if they have the entertainment license, uh, see if you can run shows there and then trade your spot. So I started doing that, and I was running. I got up to like seven shows a month because I was doing a, a weekly show and mic. One, one month, it was eight shows a month, and it was just too much to handle. But anyways... At first, I wasn't trading spots. I was just running these shows and paying comics out of pocket and doing everything I can to, um, you know, kind of take care of the comics because I, I never wanted to make money on comics. I always wanted to take care of them the best I can. And um, so there was that. Uh, and I, I had a blast. You know, I met some guys like 
Mike Bobbitt. I also knew Brian. I always I, I knew Brian McDaniel from TMZ, but he came and did my shows. Kyle Clark, I've known since junior high, and he was always in my shows. He lives in Simi, and, and he's always been so grateful uh, of the shows and, and gracious in telling me that um, he built a lot of the material he has from from his album uh, "I Am a Person." Um, from my shows, that means a lot to me. Uh, Zara Mizrahi, probably my best friend in stand-up and just one of my best friends now. I met her through stand-up. Uh, Jay Hollingsworth, one of my best friends from comedy. Um, you know, just uh, the Verzi triplets. I met them through comedy and they are some of my best friends. So, you know, it's just uh, it's a, it's a plethora of people. Tom Allen and Ryan Buds. Um, just, you know, Anna Valenzuela. Just a lot of amazing people. And, and I think that when I'm done with stand-up, I'll still be friends with these people and I'll go support shows and all that. But I'm just not going to have to to feel like I need to prove anything anymore. And the thing is, is I'm doing these motivational speeches hopefully in October. I'm going to be filming them soon or September, October. Uh, so I'm writing that. I have my podcast I love doing more than anything. I'm still doing the Infamous Chronicles stuff. And uh, – I uh, I have my job, my full time job in 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 the mental health field ish, um, developmental disabilities, but I, I'm trying to get in the behavioral side. So it's with benefits and things are good and it's a good schedule, but I'm still on the comic schedule and I have to get up at 8:30 in the morning, so it doesn't really work to do that. And I don't really know how to half ass something. I'm either doing it or I'm not. That's that's how I go. So I can't just do it, you know, once a week. I have to either do it all, you know, as much as I can. Or not at all. That's just how I am as a person. But I've learned so much from stand-up. Um, the main reason I'm leaving is because of that. Had shit, you know, had shitty things happen to me during stand-up, like you know, bad experiences with people. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I've booked over, I'd say, 200 to 300 comics because I've done so many shows. Let's say, let's say 250 comics. I've only had bad experiences with maybe five of them, and then I would really call beefs or drama, real drama, with two. And one was a complete miscommunication. So at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm, I have great reputation. And um, I've learned a lot, like I said, just from stand-up and that I can take into life. I've met some amazing people. I've had some so many fun laughs. Um, it's just time for me to move on to something that, that I want to do more, which is motivational speeches about depression, but have some humor in there. There's like TED Talks. I want to maybe call these Casey Chats. i got to figure out how to market that. We call call my boy uh, Paul Moonjean, who I'd, I'd like to have on here. He's a great guy. Uh, he's another guy that that I've met through stand up, and he's one of my favorite people to to work with, and um, he's amazing. And so, great comic too. Check him out, Paul Moonjean, the Moon Abides uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I think that's what he is on Instagram. I don't know, but he'll be on this podcast, I hope. But anyways, um, the point is, is I need to focus on things that I really want to do rather than just half ass something that. I like doing, but if I had, to, I have to give something up because I am burning myself out. And that thing, I, I took everything, I put them on paper, and I said, "What do I like the most?" And it was my podcast. And what do I dislike the most? And it was tough, but stand up was there. Um, I love my job. Uh, these motivational speeches is what I want to do. So the only thing left on there was uh, stand up, and it, it's not that I don't like stand up. I, I, I'm a stand up. I'm a comedy fan first. But um, it just got to the point where it was just stressful to run all these shows and my Facebook Messenger blowing up. I had to cancel – I had to delete Facebook Messenger on my phone because it just kept getting blown up. Um, and it was such a distraction. And 
you know, everybody's asking for things and it's like, you know, sending me YouTube clips. I don't have time to watch them and all these things. And it's just like some people were like asking for money, you know, and as again, I was going out of pocket. I, I never really, I've never, I've lost money on Santa for sure. So to me, it was like people are just asking. Just one, I had one comic that every, the flyer was wrong and he wanted money and this, this, this. But at the end of the day, it's like I can only do so much and I'm only one person. And it just was too much stress for what it was worth. You know, the risk wasn't worth the reward um, at the end of the day. I mean, I love stand-up. Getting laughs is no other – and I don't, I don't really do drugs at all. Um, so there's no other high or better feeling, you know, for me than than hearing those laughs from something that you feel at least that you've perfected um even when you're working a joke out and something hits it's just the best feeling but again i think that feeling as good as it is isn't worth all the stress that comes along with it at least from my end um the producing side but i don't know how to do stand-up without producing shows and i don't mean that because i get spots because i produce shows i mean that's a little part of it but i think i like producing more than i like Stand up, so I would still produce shows for regular heroes. Steve Steve Simone's uh, one a nonprofit that he works with for Children's Hospital and all that. I would help produce shows for that. I'd put on mental health shows and maybe you know day programs or clinics um, if they if they would have us. Um, yeah, I would do that. Uh, talk to Mike Bob about maybe doing a show at a homeless shelter. I would produce shows that way. I just don't know if I'd perform, um, but producing was fun because you get to pick, you know, your comics you want, and then you get to like put the order that you that you like like oh this guy's super high energy todd dorham super high energy then you put somebody that's a little bit lower energy um after them you know or or you know you start with somebody low energy and then you go you want to start high energy and then it's like this person compliments this person but i shouldn't have this person follow this person because they just did crowd work or whatever it is it's like a puzzle and it's like a and it's so much fun to try to solve and try to perfect and i think i run really good shows any comics that have done my shows, I think, would agree that I run good shows. Even if there's not a lot of people there, um, it's organized. I and I, I'm not an organized person, but I, I let them know, that, uh, you know, ahead of time what the lineup order is and all that stuff. So, I really do give it everything I have. Um, so I'm gonna miss producing, I think, more than performing. But I am gonna miss performing. I'm gonna miss going into mics with the triplets and Paul uh, to shows, and I'm gonna miss, you know, um, just bullshitting, you know, at the comedy store all the time. And I'll still hang out here and there. I'll still go to shows to support, but I'm not going to be performing. Um, and that's a personal thing. And I got to say, like, you know, I, I'm sure that there's, there's other comics that don't like what I do, but I think comedy's subjective. I don't, I'm not hurt by it. Um, one comic had said that uh, he had to defend me because my comedy was garbage. Um, you know what? It probably is. Uh, I would say it's garbage. Um, and whatever, you know, it's like, to me, I work hard. And I, I am happy with the, the stand-up I've done recently, getting more into personal space with my depression. And um, I'm talking more about my, you know, addictions or not much my, my family a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's, it just feels like therapy on stage. And I feel like I'm myself more than I've ever been. And I'm not nervous Uh I've performed, I performed in front of 100 people the other night, and I wasn't even that nervous. I just went up, and I did what I do, and it went well. And so I'm not up there saying I'm killing. I'm not up there saying I bomb every night. Well, that was the thing is when I started, I was just talking about – I would do a joke, and then I wouldn't sell it. The joke was fine, 
but I wouldn't sell it. And sometimes people have bad writing, but they know how to sell a joke. Mine was decent writing, just didn't know how to sell it. Now I'm just like, here it is. I know how to handle it. I know how to perfect these things, at least for me, uh, or at least get it close to, to being perfected. Um, but I'm really proud of me, uh, proud of me, proud of myself for doing this, uh, trying stand-up at a time that was hard in my life because I did it a month I was depressed and, um, you know, I took mental health breaks here and there, but for the most part, I grinded a lot. I've done a lot of sets. Um, I don't know, maybe a thousand. I, I don't really know with mics. It's been a lot for sure. And um, a couple hundred for sure. I mean, I don't know more than that. I don't know. Regardless, it's been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun and there's been some tough times, but I feel like it'll be, you know, when it's going to be three years that I've, I, I feel like by that time, I will feel like a three-year comic. People aren't going to go, really? I thought you only did it for six months. Um, I know Anna Valenzuela has done it a little less than me, and people think that she's done it for five years. I'm not that good. I'll never be that good. She's amazing. But um, I think I'm where I'm supposed to be, even with taking the breaks I've taken. I really do. I think that I came back so refreshed and ready to go. But just because I'm having the most fun I've ever had, I think I'm having the most fun because I know that my end is near. So I'm kind of enjoying it, taking everything in. I'm taking more pictures with the groups and um, of the comics I book. And I get to give my rooms at the junkyard and cafe connections to, to friends of mine that are great producers. So, yeah. So that's pretty much it. It's just me having to step away to, to do other things that I love to do. Um, did I have shitty situations? Where, you know, uh, there was drama? Absolutely. Am I going to get into them? No, because they're not relevant anymore. Um, I just felt that in those times, I wasn't the best representation of myself. So if I do things that I love doing, that's when I become the Casey that, you know, I've worked so hard to become as, a, you know, parents raised me to be a good person. There was times where I just feel like all the stress got to me and I wasn't the kindest to people that I love and... You know, uh, sometimes stand-up brings the funniest in you or out of you. Like, the, you know, this shows the brokenness or brokenness. It shows the um, shows the sadness and then it also shows uh, that other side, that anger. It comes out in you. And, uh, you know, I snapped on people I really love and all these things and I feel terrible. And I think if you take stand-up out, I'm happier – in a lot of ways. Maybe, you know, I'm going to miss it. I know I'm going to miss it. I miss sportscasting. But sometimes you just have to know when to walk away. Um, like gambling, I guess. But uh, you listen, I still love stand-up. And who knows, maybe I'll hit a mic here and there and go up. But I'm definitely going to take a long break. And that's what that is. Uh, once October, November, November, after that show. It's pretty much it for me for a long time. It's going to be focusing on those speeches. Like I said, who knows, I'll, I'll still be around. But... Um, I'm not dying. I, I made this way more dramatic than it needs to be, but uh, I talked about it on Hollingsworthless, and I'm talking about it on Inappropriate Earl, so why not talk about it on my own podcast, right? Thank you so much for listening. I love you all. I really do. You guys are the best, and girls. And uh, email me, CaseyMoranZero at gmail.com if you have any, um, or Facebook message me if you have any good moments of me doing stand-up or bad moments, whatever. Send them. Um, or if you want to talk about depression in any way, I, I will call you. We will talk. I'll be there if you want to call me and vent. Um, this podcast is everything for me. And uh, I'm not quitting this. Not anytime soon. Hopefully never. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Um, seriously, it means a lot. 
I'll talk to you next week on Discussing Depression. I love you. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.